Hello, and welcome back to the Unto Caesar podcast. Um, this is episode 10, and uh, we're going to talk about song inspiration and some of the tools that I've used. I had kind of intended to include this in every song throughout each recording, and then it got away from me as I began to talk about the history. So I thought maybe I should do an episode that is dependent entirely upon that. Um, so as I've said throughout a few of the episodes, I've described very minute detail about how some of the songs were made, some of the instrumentation that was used and how they came together. And honestly, I wish I had more to say about my creative process than inspiration strikes and I chase it down until I kill it. But for me, and I imagine for most other, for most other creatives, that is really all that you can say about it. As I've said before, this work is much more experimental and varied than than anything I've done in the past. It ranges from lo-fi, mellow-like beats to orchestral crescendos, and while being bound also by historical themes and and ideas. And so, I kind of can't help but wonder where did this come from. Um, and I think about that a lot. Uh, my my love for writing poetic lyrics that deeply reflect what I believe to be my innermost self came from a post hardcore band called the law dispute. Um, and I got into them back when I was in high school and then my interest in electronica and like mellow computer music, um, came from people such as Trifonic and telephone Tel Aviv and Jake Bowen, uh, from periphery and the project that he has, uh, with with uh, Isha Mansour called four four seconds ago, um, and then my interest in in rhyme and hip hop comes from a truly undying love for Rory Allen Philip Herrera, um, formerly known as Milo, uh, and then the idea of creating cinematic sounds that feel more like a movie soundtrack than a regular song came from Periphery themselves, who is a progressive metal band. Um, my love for reading comes for my love for reading comes from my grandfather who who taught me how to read. So I I don't also really have a good answer about when I became deeply passionate about history as a discipline. And I think like most deeply rooted hobbies or interests, I feel like I I woke up one day and I was in far deeper than I ever thought I might be and it was almost by accident. But then I also wonder where did the idea to bind all of these ideas come together? And I don't know. I don't know if anyone has ever done something like this before. Certainly concept albums exist. Certainly bands with ties to history and that use historical content as material exists. But I don't know if anyone has done something similar to Unto Caesar. Um, it just felt like it was an obvious next step for me to combine the things that I'm the most passionate about music writing and history. And to add to that, I, I think that the written word is maybe the most powerful thing on earth. It, it's certainly the most powerful tool at, at my disposal. Um, you know, for people who don't know me, which I doubt anybody that doesn't know me is listening to this. I've had a speech impediment my entire life and people tell me they don't notice it now, but I certainly notice it. And I certainly notice it when I've been recording these podcasts. Um, you know, there are words that have soft letters in them that shouldn't have soft letters. There's slurring of the S. Uh, 
uh, and I could either sit here and take a thousand tries to say one or two words, or I can just move on. But the power of the written word absolves me from that entirely. I'm completely free to say what I want, how I want to say it, and in the depth that I care to say it in, because it's written down. I don't have to utter the words. And to me, that has always been the most beautiful thing about writing, is that it's limitless. The only binding concept to writing is your imagination. And especially now with the internet, there's not even a limit to the amount of pages something can be. It can be infinite. And that possibility is at the same time daunting, but it's also wonderful. And um, yeah, I just think it's incredibly powerful. And being able to write has given me a freedom that I don't think I ever would have felt anywhere else. Um, it's kind of what I imagine learning how to fly would be like, I guess, if I was a bird. Uh, but I'm not, and it's too dark for birds. Anyway, uh, I spoke in earlier episodes about using different keys and progressions than I was comfortable with, but like every artist I know, the theory behind the song was never really present in my mind while it was being written. But rather, after the song's initial conception, I used things like the key as a guideline to make things fit together and more and sound more sonically cohesive. Um, the tools of creation and, and inspiration played a far more important role than anything else. And Spectrosonics products, in my mind, I'm going to be a shill here, are an endless well that keep on giving. It's impossible to not find sounds, instruments, textures, and soundscapes that inspire one to play homage to their colossal feature set. Almost 90% of this entire album was made using a combination of Omnisphere, Keyscapes, and Audio Imperia Nucleus Core for the orchestra and choir sounds. I often write chord progressions or riffs on guitar or bass and then build around them. In this way, most songs on Unto Caesar follow rather a banal set of chord progressions and musical themes that are used in almost every pop or singer-songwriter piece. The power of the tools at my disposal is what makes the sounds more interesting, expansive, and reduces the boredom of another song in A minor with uh, with the set of formulaic sequence changes. I also decided to use more live bass playing than just a synth bass uh, this time around for a change in pace and feeling. It was enormously fun for me to write bass lines and play along to songs that I feel like uh, an actual bass would be normally out of place. And I have my Spectre 5 string uh, that I upgraded uh, with uh, Tishman Fluence pickups and preamp to thank for that largely um, it's capable of such a wide range of sounds and feeling that i think it can fit almost anywhere and for more traditional sounds i have my charvel pj paces ready in the wings most of my bass playing historically has been in the context of metal i didn't really have a good tool or means to achieve classic bass sounds that fit this type of music and then I found the Softube Eden WT-800 plugin. And while I'm sure that there are much better bass amp emulators out there, I really love how this sounds. And I've been singing its praises for a few months now. Um, 
and I use it almost exclusively. Uh, it makes me really want to try to get the actual amplifier, which you can for under a thousand dollars. I think it's just hard to find one in good shape. Um, and the best thing about that plugin is that the interface is incredibly simple. Uh, I don't really need to, to screw with it for forever to find a sound that I like. It just kind of works. And then I manage it accordingly to fit the song, but there's not a need to tinker forever. And I like that. Um, and then of course, uh, using virtual instruments is far easier, uh, in my mind, uh, to achieve good sound with because they sound great right out of the box. Um, they're, they're, they're polished right away most of the time, and they don't usually require too much extra effort to make them sound good. Um, and on, and honestly, this has always felt a little bit like cheating because, uh, I'm not a composer and I'm not a sound engineer. Um, so having those kind of tools just available to me has made something that would normally be impossible possible. And then just to kind of note a few things about mixing and mastering, um, previously I've used slate plugins, uh, to help me achieve what I believe to be a polished sound. And, um, instead of using them on this, I used the, uh, isotope suite on every song and on the master. And I think personally it came out a lot better. Um, and it's much easier to use. Uh, also, the great thing about their plugin set is that it takes a lot of the cognitive overhead away from you um, as far as having to send things to a bus, put the effects in a separate like parallel channel, or do anything like that. It kind of does it all inside of the inside of the application, which I really like. And then finally, in previous work, I've relied heavily on samples to propel songs forward or to set a tone from the outset. Um, and with Unto Caesar, I, I, I drifted away from that almost entirely. When a tool no longer serves its purpose, it's time to hang it up and try something else. And I think that's why I may be the most proud of this work, because so much of it is just me trying things out, throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what sticks. With all of the attention thus far being given to the historical context and storytelling, the songs themselves might feel like an afterthought. But for me, they are the absolute centerpiece, the foundation on which everything else is built. Without the music, the book or the podcast would just be another bit of writing or somebody talking that, that has been done again and again. And so for you, dear listeners, um, I hope you enjoy uh, the music the arrangements and the dynamics of the music just as much, if not more than any, than everything else that surrounds unto Caesar. Thanks. We've got one more left. We'll see you then. <laughs>